We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. What is this? This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It is a Georgia Tech athletics podcast by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. I'm the alum. My name is Steven. He is the fan. His name is Joshua. You guys are the fans and the alum listening. Thank you for being here. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia. Steven, what is the good word? To Hades with Georgia or hell, whatever, you know, I I, I did take a literature class at Tech, so I did do a little bit about Hades. Anyway, synonyms. (laughs) All right. We have got a jam-packed show, even though this is the show of the off week with football. Thankfully, many other things about Georgia Tech athletics uh, are here. The way we break the show down, for if this is your first time listening, thanks for being here. You can uh, check out our podcast, listen to past episodes. We try to keep you updated with the news in the front end, and then we do the back end, which is a little more in-depth, a little more of a dive. Today, we call it the chunk Today, Joshua, we've got a fantastic, great off-week in football conversation. Tell everybody about what they can look forward to in the second half of the show. Well, me and Steven are going to be diving into our own personal favorite Georgia Tech uh, former players. So obviously, Steven been a fan since the 80s. Me, a little bit younger, not as much of a uh experience level but either way you know i've luckily i think i've been able to see some of the glory years for both programs that are kind of big um the biggest thing with this thing this chunk is we kind of want it to be as interactive as possible so obviously we can't do it right during the episode but we want you guys to listen to it we want you guys to leave a review leave a comment or hit me up directly you can dm me on instagram at joshua julian 46 julian is spelled j-u-l-i-a-n um, or you can email me at joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. I want to get y'all's feedback on who were your favorite Georgia Tech athletes. You know, was there a certain star player that just really ignited your love for the program? Or was there a bench player that you had like one great game that you were at and therefore you just have like undying love for them now? You know, it's, the beautiful part of sports is everybody has a different answer to this question. So we want to hear from you, but we also want you guys to hear from us and kind of hear our stories, for lack of a better term. Uh, John Babel, senior year, uh, Hewitt's first year, he'd been on the bench all of Kremens' last years, and he got to play as a senior and actually did some things. That's Okay, getting ahead of I ourselves. Say, I don't want to bury the lead there. <laughs> He's not my favorite, but that was what you, you know, when you said, who's yeah, exactly. the end of the bench guy, I remember John Babel. Anyway, let's start with news, and today we are starting with the Georgia Tech women's volleyball team. They now stand at 13-4. and four. Joshua, they are back in the top 10. How did they do that? They did that by winning two road matches in the ACC. They beat Clemson three games to none to win that match. They beat Duke three games to one to win that match. They stand now at 13-4 overall, 6-2 and two in the conference. And most importantly, they return home for two series or two matches Friday the 21st against Boston College. 
Sunday the 23rd against Syracuse. Both of those matches are at O'Keefe Gymnasium. Make sure and get your tickets. Uh, and shout out, they don't get a byline, but ramblingrec.com does a great job of writing about the volleyball team. Uh, also, uh, shout out to Julia Bergman, their All-American uh, outside hitter. She is leading the ACC in kills per set and points per set. Well, uh, point, points per set. Well done, Julia. Well done, Lady Jackets. Keep moving up the list and hopefully be at the top of the list at the end of the season. Absolutely. Uh, moving on to something else, a lot of some football churn in the staff this week. Obviously, the huge news that hit Georgia Tech Athletics. New athletic director officially declared Jay Bat. Yes, his first name is a letter reading into the story. It's actually similar to how I got my nickname of JJ. In his class there, I think his first name is Jason. There are three Jasons, and so somebody had to shorten their name so that nobody, not three kids turned around when you call it Jason. So he said his name was, it was just J-A-Y, and then once he got to college, it was eventually shortened to just the letter, and he's kept it ever since. So anyway, he was the executive deputy, deputy director of athletics, uh, chief operating officer and chief revenue officer at the University of Alabama uh, for the last, I believe, five years. Um, he had also served in various different roles at East Carolina University and Maryland, normally as the associate athletic director. Um, everywhere he's went, there's been one common theme, and that's the thing that keeps getting touched on by most every writer. He is very much known for being able to raise the cash. I believe he went to East Carolina and actually raised their fundraising by 60%. At that time, um, at Alabama, he had started some kind of 10-year plan to get about $600 million, and currently they're already at $510 million in that plan, and they're only halfway through. So, again, very much known for um, being able to raise the money, and he was a soccer player at UNC in 2001. So he was a student athlete, a little bit easier to at least relate to these kids in some way, shape, or form. The other one was on the football staff. Um Mike Daniels, the running back coach, abruptly resigned from his position. He was actually on the road recruiting just a day or two before. Um, no reason has really been given for his resignation. Brinke was asked about it at his press conference today on Monday, uh, and he said that he didn't want to talk about it uh, in public, wanted to keep it you know, closed doors. Uh, we wish him the best. I hope everything is okay with him you know, physically, uh, with his family, everything. Um, replacement running back coach, Donald Hill, Hill Ely. Uh, he was – before this, he was the um, an offensive analyst and then had been promoted to assistant special teams coach. Um, the other interesting thing is he is the father, in fact, of Ace Ely, um, the linebacker. So family connection there. That's now two father-son relationships on this Georgia Tech team. They like to keep it in the family. Uh, he actually has head coach experience at the Division One level. He was a Head coach at Morgan State for 12 years, a five-year stint at Alabama State. So really right now it just looks like he's coaching his kid, which is super wholesome, and I very much enjoy seeing that. No problems there. News uh, to give about the Georgia Tech tennis team, and we are going to uh, stick with the female tennis players because we had two very good uh, weeks or a little more than a week with the ITA National Fall, I'm uh, oh, sorry, ITA Southeast Regionals, which were held at Georgia Tech, the uh, doubles team of Carol Lee and Kate Sherabura won the ITA Southeast Regional doubles title. 
Congratulations to those ladies. I believe one of our other doubles teams made the semifinals. And Carol uh, Lee made it to the singles finals as well. She was not able to win, but she did make the finals. Both Carol Lee in the singles and Carol and Kate in the doubles now qualify for the ITA National Fall Championships, which I believe are held in San Diego in November. So congratulations to those ladies and other teams and other tennis uh, players as they continue to try and qualify for those ITA National Fall Championships. Georgia Tech Athletics, just success everywhere. Success everywhere. Um, Another piece of news before we get into the game preview we're going to talk about with um, the upcoming Thursday game, Georgia Tech versus Virginia. Um, As the recruiting guy, I feel like it's my responsibility to bring you the latest in the Georgia Tech, specifically football recruiting. Uh, The big one right now, Gabriel Fortson. I've mentioned him a few times on this show, big offensive lineman. He is announcing his commitment on October 21st at 4 p.m. So once you, when you guys are listening to this, it's going to be about a day or two away. So make sure you keep that, um, keep that in your mind. Put, go May I interrupt you for just a second? Absolutely. Can I give an old man rant for just a second? Sure. Um, I, Gabriel Fortson's not listening to our show. I wish he would, and I hope he does because he commits to Georgia Tech. But I would, and this is so much old man, get off my lawn, you know, shouting out the 80s and all that kind of stuff. I just... If uh, Gabriel Fortson, if if you hear this, will you please? Uh, it's your chance to have your fifteen minutes of fame. I get it, but you know what would be unique and different is to just say thank you to all the people who recruited me. Here's my choice, and say it. People the do that. there are plenty who do that. I hope he doesn't do the hats and the you know you know. I, I if I want to see three hats, I'm going to go to the Braves game and see the rally cap shuffle. You know, that that's the best thing of the hats, but I just that's my point. He done? Yeah, it's not an SNL skit. Anyway, go back to your great okay. recruiting news. Well, Gabriel Fortson will be announcing his co- commitment on October 21st. Um, few different players have been offered by Georgia Tech in the last few days. Just going to give you their names here real fast. Uh, Kijuan Brown, who's a three star running back that's currently committed to Purdue. Uh, he's at a South Atlanta high school. Uh, about a top 800 player. He was just offered hope potentially Mike Daniels and his resignation may or may not affect that. I'll get into how that could actually affect one of our current recruits here soon. Um, Tay Seymour, um, linebacker prospect out of South Atlanta. He's a three-star as well, currently committed to Eastern East Carolina, uh, top 1500 player, uh, interesting athlete. He, Georgia Tech's interest has actually made an impact on him. He did an interview recently with, um, Go Jackets 24-7 Sports talking about Georgia Tech's interest. Uh, Khalil Barnes, another three-star athlete. This one out of North um, Oconee High School, uh, top 1,000 player, uh, an athlete, not really a given position. Uh, the other two, Ezra Odijor, a uh, three-star edge rusher out of Alatoona High School. And then uh, we talked about him on the last episode, Isaiah Spencer, the one-time Southern Miss commit, uh, decommitted last week after he picked up that tech offer uh tech i believe is currently seen as the favorite for him um big wide receiver looks like he could be a nice little pickup the other big news uh javin simpkins or javin simpkins uh, his first name whatever uh he's georgia tech's highest rated recruit in this 2023 class he's he's sending out some interesting messages on twitter that makes me believe he's about to reopen his commitment and the only thing i will say to you mr simpkins is don't please do not Please stay. 
I have seen the highlights. You're very, very good. Come to Georgia Tech. We and what can pos- use the runner like you. What position he's a running back? He's a running back. He is absolutely dominating his high school season right now. Um, hard to keep track of some high school stats. Some high schools don't recruit. But Bryce Coons tweeting out videos of him, so you can imagine he's pretty good. So should we uh, should we send him a hat of Georgia Tech and say, keep the hat? I think we should send him a gift basket. A name image. We can send him a name image and licensing deal for What's the Good Word podcast. Exactly. He can be our first sponsored athlete. And we can pay him in Krispy Kreme. Who knows? We can pay him in Krispy Kreme donuts. Obviously, we want what's best for the kid. Um, I just think that what's best for him is coming to Georgia Tech. Absolutely. If he wants to get a million dollar education, because most look at the numbers, Hassan Hall and Dylan McDuffie are almost gone. So you're going to have. I like it. 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 All right. Very good. Uh, And I believe you had recruiting news with the women's basketball team. That is right. I did. very rare thing to talk about um, on a lot of different podcasts, but we're different. We're better. So therefore, we're going to give you the news on all the sports, as we've shown you with the volleyball and the tennis team. Uh, news coming out of women's basketball camp. Uh, DeAsia Thomas committed to Georgia Tech on uh, Monday. She, uh, she's a 6'3 power forward slash center out of Houston Christian High School. Four-star recruit, according to ESPN. Um, according to, I believe, her coach who tweeted it out and was talking about it, uh, she inhales boards, and she is she owns the paint. So you know, size you can't teach coach height in basketball. Yep. So very impactful pickup there for the Lady Yellow Jackets. Uh, speaking of basketball, very quickly uh, before we get into the Virginia uh, preview, if you get a chance, I'd encourage all of our listeners. Uh, we we won't bring you highlights on this show because we don't want to make it too long. But Josh Passner. Uh, uh, Sturdivant and Rodney Howard. Uh, and I say Sturdivant because I coached a young man whose last name is Sturdivant. I always say his name. Yeah, you <laughs> called Kyle Aaron multiple times. I'm pretty sure on this <laughs> podcast you did it once. Yeah, I apologize to Kyle. Uh, I had a fine young man named Aaron Sturdivant who I coached in baseball. And so I always <laughs> get the names mixed up. I apologize. But uh, Kyle Sturdivant and Rodney Howard and Josh Passner made appearance at ACC Media Days. Uh, gave great interviews. Uh, go, of course, Josh was a bundle of positivity uh, and said they're going to, the, the team is going to, it's going to be a team concept this year, which is exactly what you and I had talked about when we did the basketball preview. The other thing Josh said, since you mentioned the women's, uh, the good recruit for the women's team, Josh said they were talking about the new court at McCamish and Bobby Kremen's court. And he said, hey, when Nell Fortner gets done, her name's going to be on the court too. So he gave a great shout out to Nell Fortner, great women's basketball coach at Georgia Tech, has brought some great success. We look forward to covering the team this year. Uh, and and Josh and the volleyball Josh. team is laying down the law, saying try and beat us. We're in the top ten. So I like it. You mean Josh Pastner did something nice and wonderful and showed how great of a human being he is? I've never imagine heard of- that. Winners can finish first. He did in the ACC a couple years ago, so hopefully he will uh, get back up uh, there. He had a great point about Moses and Jose, you know, leaving late uh, to go to the NBA, and and they were really hoping they would come back. And he said nothing bad to say. He goes, it was totally their choice, and it looks like they made the best choice. He goes, but we were kind of counting on that, and it hurt them in recruiting. And so he said, this year we've been prepared. We know what to expect. And they return in a lot of people. Um, you know, they just lost 
uh, a couple. So anyway, sorry, it's not a basketball thing. Uh, UVA, let's talk about them quickly. I don't want to go go too much. Uh, I want to get into the chunk. So the UVA, we play UVA Thursday night, ESPN game. Uh, Brent Key had a great press conference. We're not going to play it on here. I, we talked pregame about maybe putting it on. I would tell everybody, you know, Brent Key is such a serious guy. He's no nonsense. That's one of the reasons why I think the team is responding well to him after all the nonsense before. He had a great comment about preparing the guys for a Thursday game. That They had a bye week, but it isn't a full bye week because they're not getting a full two weeks. They've got to play on Thursday. And he started his press conference by talking about how today was Monday, but it's really Wednesday because they're getting ready for their game on Thursday, which is really Saturday. And he did this whole thing and he goes, and by the way, if you're lost, I apologize. I'm lost too. I'm trying to figure out what day it is, but I know it's Wednesday. Great quote uh, by Brent Key, kind of maybe showing a comedic side or kind of maybe saying, hey, come into my world as a coach and how I'm trying to figure out what day it is. Joshua, what do you think about the game this Thursday? What should we be looking for since you're the the sports media guy, what should we be looking for? What should we be watching uh, to show that, hey, Tech is here and they got a great chance to win this game? Well, this is the first time that Tech is going to be favored um, say playing, you know, an actual Power Five or, you know, FCS. Um, ACC. Team. Yeah, like a team that's actually up, not, not, a, not a Western Carolina. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how Tech deals with their early success under Brent Key. You know, I'm not saying they're going to get a big head. I'm just, it'll be because coming into those other two games, it was like, you know, the first game, it was, you know, Tech's going to get slaughtered by Pitt. You know, Pitt's, Pitt's a ranked team. Georgia Tech's horrible. They haven't looked competent. And then with Duke, it was like, well, they got one. But, you know, maybe Pitt was just a little overrated, right? Duke, Duke's four and one. Duke, Duke's been really good. And then they beat Duke again even more convincingly than they did Pitt. So it'll be interesting to see how Tech deals with that early success, especially coming off an off week. Um, and if they can, you know, keep their nose to the grindstone. Um, the other big one is Virginia does have a very talented quarterback in Brennan Armstrong. The biggest issue for that team so far has been lack of supporting cast around him. Um, his pad, pass blocking has not been very good. He doesn't have the same kind of weapons as he did last year. Um, he also had in his career struggled with injuries as well. So, um, it's just something to look out for. If he gets hit too hard, he might have to come out of the game either way. Um, it'll be interesting. Virginia is probably one of the bottom-tier teams in the ACC, which up until about two, three weeks ago, Georgia Tech was considered that as well. So see if the good times can keep rolling. So I think when we first uh, circled the schedule at the beginning of the season and we kind of talked it through, I, I said that the Duke and Virginia, those are the two games where you could kind of redeem your season. So here we are. We're three and three. Uh, we're coming off two straight wins. So I'm going to say this. I, I think I think the number one reason why Georgia Tech has won these last two games has been how the defense has oh, controlled yeah. the game. Now they let some things get away late. They let you know two weeks in a row. They're going down to the end. But the point was the offense was able to build double-digit leads because the defense was absolutely controlling the game. So does the defense still control the game and stop UVA to allow the offense to do enough to win? The secondary thing, and, and if this team is really turning a corner, does Jeff Sims have two good games back-to-back, -back and and is he okay? I, I think he's planning on playing, uh, he had to come out of the last game right at the end, but I, I think he's okay. 
So, and, and by Jeff Sims, I mean, you know, the running game and quick, decisive passing. That's what we've seen, especially last week um, or two weeks ago, this quick, decisive passing, get it out, get it to the, you know, make the quick decision because that's what Chip Long's offense is designed to do. Um, and so, and, and he ran with more authority than we'd seen him run. If we see those two things, I think they've got a very good chance. Um, the, the biggest challenge is, is do they start, do they start believing their own press or has Brent been able to drill into them? You've done nothing. You, you big congrats. Great. It's get, let's get back to where there's work to be done. So we'll, we'll, well see. On that works. note, I, I did read, you brought up a quote, I'm going to bring up a quote as well. Um, I saw, I believe it was a player that was talking about it. And he said, Brent Key is so obsessed with winning. He's made us stop doing things that don't contribute to us winning. And the example he gave was that the uh, team is no longer required to wear suits to the game because in Brent Key's words, it doesn't can affect us winning or losing at all. So, I mean, the dude might be a psychopath, but he's a psychopath focused on winning. So therefore we love, him. I think, I think he's painfully truthful. Right. Yeah. Don't don't show up naked, but you don't have to wear a suit. Just show up and be ready to play. I, he he talks about uh, yes, and I think I think all of their practices have been focused on the things that will help them win. So I know they turned off the music, you know, and I and I think all the silliness is Maybe, gone. Hear me out. I think they should still lift weights on the field before the game. I think that's the mm. you know what I'm saying. I got keep those muscles pumped. Uh, quickly change courses here. All right. Yeah, so uh, thank you for uh, catching up with us on the news. We will now uh, move into the uh, longer, well, deeper conversation about one topic. So we encourage you to be a part of this. This is one of the first times we were asking that. We, of course, we love you leaving reviews. We want to hear from you. This is the one time where we're kind of doing a topic and, and you can, we want to hear from you about what you think. Uh, for those of you that have been fans or are alum, uh, who are some of your favorite tech uh, athletes? Who are some of your favorite tech players uh, going back as long as you can go back as a fan, some of us longer than others? And we want to encourage you to leave a comment. You can email uh, Joshua, give your give your DM and, and email again for those who want to reach out to the show. Well, it's just my name to start both, right? Joshua Julian. Again, Julian is J-U-L-I-A-N. Um, Instagram is 46, email is 26, don't ask, wore a lot of different numbers in baseball, whatever I was wearing at the time was what went into the, anyway, um, and then the email is going to be at outlook.com. Actually, I'd encourage our listeners, 46 and 26, you tell us why you think he chose those numbers, yeah. why 46, why 26. One is obvious, one is not so much. Well, I don't know, we'll see. So, okay, so Joshua, you are the younger, so you have a shorter list, I believe, and that should scare people to maybe stop after you get done talking. I promise I won't give all my favorites because it would take forever. Who who are some of your favorite Georgia Tech athletes of all time? Well, the first one I want to give a shout out to, some, we gave a shout out to him um, an episode or two ago, uh, Brad Stewart, Mr. Fair Catch. I absolutely, best blocking wide receiver Georgia Tech ever experienced under the triple option attack, and I, I say that half jokingly, but I really did enjoy watching him play because he was very fundamentally sound. You have to be good to be able to play at the ACC level because it still is a power five level. And he still had plenty of, you know, great plays as a wide receiver. He also was dating Urban Meyer's daughter, which means he was winning on and off the field. Um, the other big ones, basically the 2014 Georgia Tech team, 
um, in football. It was the first time as a Tech fan that I was, I don't want to say proud, but like I felt good saying I'm a Tech fan because normally when you say that you're a Tech fan, especially me being in a public you know, school, I would get weird looks and people would like make sure I wasn't being forced to say that. But I was like, no, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Tech fan, but it would always, you know, make fun of the triple option. But this was the one time where I was like, see, we're, we're, we're those guys. So all the guys that kind of went into that, uh, Justin Thomas, obviously, uh, Zach Lasky, Sinjin Days, uh, underrated one, Paul Davis, kind of borderline Charlie Thomas before Charlie Thomas, not nearly as athletic, but uh, just as rugged, hit just as hard. Um, my personal favorite, actually, DJ White, just because I'll never forget the fact that he sealed the UGA win, the only one so far that I've been able to witness in person. Uh, so, um, basketball wise, that one, I feel like I've had a little bit more success watching, but not as much, uh, started really watching in the Gregory era. So not a, you know, I, I enjoy my apologies for that. My apologies for that. There wasn't much that you could really do. Um, Marcus George's hunt was, I enjoyed watching him because he was so effective. I just hated the fact that he was on such a crappy team. Um, I still follow his career from his trips and stops in China to um now playing in the g league he actually got picked up by the hawks for the summer league which was super dope uh ben lammers was my first real favorite player just because that was right around the end of gregory and the beginning of pastner so nobody cared about tech and he was just this tall texas white boy who just slowly got better and better and better to the point where he was winning acc awards what's up and my favorite story of ben lammers is when he on his recruitment he said, I want to see the mechanical engineering lab because he came to tech because he knew I'm probably not going to be a pro, although he is playing pro ball. He said, I'm, I'm about setting up my engineering career. So he was like, show me the lab. And he was like, that's it. I want to come here. Yeah. So and that's the other reason I love him is that he's he embodies exactly what a tech athlete can and should be in that he comes to play at sports. He gets to play four great years, gets a chance to potentially play pro. But then also when he retires, you know, he can go get six-figure job in a completely different field um and then the other two the last two i'll start off on uh comes from very recent tech history uh moses Wright, because it was so much fun watching him go from a zero star baby deer on ice to the acc player of the year and i maintain to this day that if he did not get covid georgia tech beats loyola chicago uh that chunky white boy cameron crutwig would not do anything on moses Wright. Moses would have absolutely shut down the freaking bunch of accountants they had out there and tech would have won with Moses, right? Because believe it or not, playing Khalid more at center, not always the greatest strategy. And then my personal favorite, and I, there the odds of this changing in the near or even distant future, probably very low Jose Alvarado. And I think any tech fan that has actually watched Jose and got the chance to watch him for his four years would say that he's their favorite. Because, you know, he I wrote an article about him actually for um, my independent blog that I ran for a year or two in high school. And it was just he's he really he, he shows why you love basketball, because he for 48 minutes, basically or 40 minutes because of the college game every night, he left everything on the court. He never came out. He only came out if he had three fouls in the first half. And even then, sometimes Passner was like, should I really take him out? Because I right. feel like I can trust him. Um, he would do his little thing in the corner, which he's now brought to the NBA and made himself famous because of it. Uh, there are so many games where he just kind of put the team on his back and said, uh, follow me. If you don't want to win, that's fine. But I do. And because of that, we're going to win. And more often than not, they did win. And um, 
best, one of my favorite moments as a Tech fan was watching his post-game interview after the ACC title game because it brought me to tears. You know, he was yep. crying, I was crying. We, I think we were all crying. Yep. Yep. I think you're crying now. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to. I'm about to get choked up, man. Just thinking about it because it's so cool watching him in the NBA now. Because yes, I was saying it in the draft. Everybody, I would talk to my friends, and I'd be like, "Listen, one guy." I try not to be the, oh, you need to know about this sleeper. But I kept saying, Jose Alvarado is going to be in the NBA for 15 years. I promise you. And you and I are Atlanta sports fans, and we trust the schlink. He's done a great job with the Hogs. But that is the one he missed. I can't believe he didn't pick up Jose Alvarado after him being here for four years. Okay. So I I could have a much, much, much longer list. I, I became a Georgia Tech fan uh, in the early to mid 80s. Um, The the start of, of Bobby Cremens and Mark Price coming in as a freshman. I, I, uh, the gentleman we interviewed, Kent, uh, I, I know his story pretty well. And Kent, uh, actually was a Georgia tech fan, uh, even predates me. And he talks about the bad Georgia tech basketball teams that he was a fan of with, with Lee Goza. Uh, he actually played against Lee in, in high school, I believe. Um, and so I came in and my first, my first magical run when I really paid attention to him was I started getting into playing basketball and here comes Mark Price, Craig Neal, Scott Petway, John Sally, and Yvonne Joseph. And it was those five guys. And, uh, and actually there might've been, there might've been a different starter. It's, it's very hazy, but, but that run they made uh, and eventually losing to Georgetown uh, in the elite eight that's, but uh, that season was just an amazing basketball season, watching them, uh, play in the ACC. And that's when I solidified as a, as a massive tech fan. I had, I had kind of followed football with Bill Curry, um, and, and was kind of knew a little bit about Eddie Lee Ivory before Curry. And, and so that's kind of where it started. So my history includes the Bobbies, Cremins and Ross, Sean Jones and and the national championship team uh, of 1990, Ted Roof, um, uh, Marco Coleman, who then went on to play for, at the time, my favorite NFL team, still my favorite NFL team, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, that that team was just amazing, and no one expected them to do much, and they just kept winning, and and that was such a fun team. Scott Sisson, never missing Sisson. Oh, uh, I, act- I forgot to mention. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I, really I know who you, I know who you forgot Harrison to mention. Harrison Butker, the butt yep. kicker. Shout out to my mom for that nickname. Um, watching him hit that field, I've mentioned DJ White, but that interception doesn't happen without Butker's field goal. And I don't know if you got to see what he did. Um, 62 yarder. He didn't even watch it go through. He, he turned around and walked in. away. He he's he's. He's probably the swaggiest kicker out there, and the dude's good because we just build him differently here. Tech. Well, the uh, there they had he had been hurt, and the guy who replaced him kicked a fifty-nine yarder, and it was a Chiefs record. He had beaten Butker's record, and so Butker gets a chance to kick a sixty-two yarder. And if you watch it, I mean, it's a totally different kick. And you you nailed it. He kicked it, and he turned and walked away like he hit a three pointer. Yeah. So a lot different than when he hit that fifty two yarder and it graced the uh um it went right past the crossbar by like six inches. This one he he cleared it by like ten feet easy. I love it. And he was such a he seemed so shy at Tech, but boy, he's found himself in the NFL. We met his mom at a bowl game. So Harrison <laughs> Butker's mom is one of the most famous people we met. Anyway. 
Uh, getting back to my list, uh, the basketball team continued to follow them. You know, Bruce, they they had a string of ACC freshman of the year, Bruce Dalrymple, Tom Hammonds, Dwayne Farrell. I'm, I'm getting those out of order. Um, but then when I was on campus, uh, was really arguably the height. Uh, they made the Final Four in 1990. Uh, Kenny Anderson was otherworldly. Uh, one of the things about, about, and you talked about it with Jose, Georgia Tech, when at their best, always had that point guard who, when they needed to get a bucket, could get a bucket. And it started, It, it I mean, Mark Price was great with the shooting, and he was, it started with Price. But Kenny Anderson was the first that you would just watch him and go, holy cow, that's just, how did, what? And just, is like, hey, we need a bucket. Okay, everybody clear out. And it wasn't even a clear out. It was just, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to go get the bucket. It continued with uh, Travis Best uh, and, of course, Stephon Marbury, who was there only for two years, I believe, or one year. I can't remember which. But um, Travis was always my favorite. Uh, 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 Kenny, shout out, you know, props to Kenny and Stefan. But Travis was, uh, he was my, I, I just, just gritty, uh, was 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 one of my favorites. John Barry, who, you know, everybody's like, oh, it's it's one of the Barry boys. Cause at that point, only Scooter had been at Kansas. John had played at some community college. And John was just hard-nosed and nobody gave him anything. And he just, I mean, just had that spirit of, you know, I'm gonna get what I want and I'm gonna take what I want. Uh his brother Drew was arguably the the higher recruit and the better shooter. But John was the just hard-nosed, go-get stuff. Uh, and I, I enjoyed watching him play. Um, so uh, those were, you know, kind of some of my – of course, in football, Joe Hamilton. Uh, and then when Joe left and George took over, and I've talked about George on past shows, uh, Keith Brooking at linebacker, the Black Watch defense. Um, it's just been the, 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 uh, the two live stews who went on to be in radio – uh, and, and they were, uh, they were, they were famous for the Georgia, Georgia tech rumble when we were so bad under Bill Lewis and we were getting slaughtered and we said, screw this and started a fight. So at least we won the fight. So that was good. Um, and you know, fast forward to, uh, you know, Paul Hewitt was, I, I didn't necessarily like how he coached people up, but that one team that made the finals, that was an example of the sum being better than the parts with Luke Shensher and, uh, and the other guys on that team, uh, names Bynum and uh, uh, other Jack, names are, huh? Was that Jarrett Jack? I don't think Jarrett was on that team. I could be wrong. It's all running together. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, I think Jarrett. To remember. Yeah, I think Jarrett might have been on that team. Uh, forgive me if I don't remember everybody on the. I just remember the big, tall Australian Luke Shencher. So uh, and Bynum was. I mean, Bynum was a fantastic uh, guard. And they had a lot of they had a lot of good players who played well as a team. Unfortunately, that was kind of the high point. And Hewitt kept getting better recruits, but the team never got better. So then we fast forward uh, to good old Josh. Uh, and, and I'm skipping over the Brian years, uh, but we fast forward. To, yeah, we fast forward to good old Josh. And and you you kind of stole my thunder, but you know I, I, I Jose Alvarado became my favorite player. Uh, there have been so many for me, and and I am not diminishing any of the other guys I've mentioned who I just have thoroughly enjoyed watching play and and brought Georgia Tech to prominence in both basketball and football through the years. But 
Jose Alvarado helped me fall back in love with basketball and Georgia Tech basketball. And no, no disrespect to Moses, no disrespect to Ben Lammers, no disrespect to Marcus George's Hunt and and uh, uh, Stevens. Yeah, Quentin Stevens and uh, and even and I, uh, 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 who's the guy who went to the NBA first? Derek Davis, um, Chris Bosh. No, no, with 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 Passner, he came as a freshman. Uh, Okogie, oh, you know. Yeah. I mean, totally undiscovered and really up this game. And there've been—I mean, there've been great guys, but Jose Alvarado staying four years. Jose Alvarado um, just just doing anything to win. And 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 I would encourage everybody. I I, I will finish with this story. <laughs> I there was a great story on Jose's senior year about him being recruited. Obnoxious. And he goes, and there's this scrawny little kid yelling at his team to get in the game. And he goes, and this is a throwaway game. It's like a consolation game. It doesn't really mean it. The, the, the winning bracket was later. But here's Jose Alvarado telling his Nike Elite team that's like in a eighth place bracket game to get their heads in the game. Because after all, what, what else are we going to do? We're on the court. We might as well win. And what's hilarious is in researching uh, some stuff about Jose for this show, I went back and there's a great article about him while he was at Christ the King in his senior year going for the Catholic. Tells the story of him going to some seventh grade basketball camp or, or event, and he sees this scrawny little seventh grader who's just competing his butt off. And, uh, and he was like, who's that kid? And, <laughs> and he found, found as Jose and he got him at, he, he got him at Christ the King. He also had a great comment in that article that um, he said, I had a college coach tell me I've never in all my years of recruiting seen a player spend so much time on the floor. Yeah. Like literally diving as Jose. Oh, yeah. And, and that, was, that was, that was one of his hallmarks was, he was always diving for loose balls. He would dive for steals. You know, he would he hurt himself a few times and scared yep. the bejesus out of me. Um, By yeah. the way, he was an undrafted. Uh, he went undrafted in the NBA. The Pelicans picked him up for the G League. He played in the summer league. He goes to the G League. He comes up on a 10-day contract, and they just can't send him back down. They keep putting him in. By the time they get to the playoffs, he's like their key guy off the bench. Yeah, he, he's, he's now, their backup he, point guard now. He's now got a great – NBA contract. I mean, shout out to him. And he shows up in Atlanta for a preseason game, drops 28 uh, on the on the Hawks, and in the post-game press conference, continues to thank Georgia Tech, but also says, yeah, I knew what I needed to improve on my game is how to get some points, you know, and work on my outside shot. He goes, but I knew I needed to work on my driving and get points in traffic. So he calls up Tony Parker and says, hey, I'm six foot 190. That's about what you were. Can can you help me? And Tony was like, heck yeah. So they spent some time together. He worked on some things and showing off in the preseason is this control the body and traffic and even better than he used to kind of get his buckets and get his points. Also leave us a review. Joshua, I've been monitoring the reviews. We're up to nine this week on Apple. Uh, and somebody told me they gave us a Spotify review, but I can't find them. So I'm, I'm, you know, I was channeling my inner UGA guy. So sometimes it takes. Uh, Spotify doesn't seem to have the greatest uh, 
greatest uh, interface, but you know, it is what it is. We thank you guys for listening, for letting us know that you're putting out those reviews. Um, you know, keep sending them. Uh, like I said, you can get in touch with me directly. Tell us your favorite Georgia Tech player. And if some of y'all do it, we probably, actually not probably, we will mention it on next week's show. We'll shout you out, out as well. in the news section. Uh, Joshua, why don't you take us out? Um, ladies and gentlemen, we just ask you one very simple question. I have two simple questions. I want to change it up just a little bit. What's the good word? And who are your two favorite teams? Let Georgia you, Tech. Mm-hmm. Oh, do I answer it? I want to hear you answer. Georgia Tech and whoever the hell is playing Georgia. Absolutely. You guys have a great week. Thank you for tuning in. Is that going to be